for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! going on guys we are back i i hate doing that because every time we do it it's it's just like we we do one episode i say we're back and we're never back but we're actually back power rankings are back most importantly uh if you have not seen on the instagram they're back up we got the cardinals if you can't see the uh big old picture in front of you cardinals are up first because they are last um but if you're seeing this video, go check us out on Instagram at BlitzPod. We're going to be talking cards today. We got a special guest with us, Lake Malkus, our resident Cardinals fan. Cardinals fan number five of eleven. Um, very excited numbers <laughs> for you to be with us today. How are you doing, my friend? Good. Good to be back. Good to be back. I'm excited to discuss the second out of 32 teams in the NFL. Should be fun. Oh yeah, it's all it's always fun discussing the worst team with the least talent and all that. <laughs> um, so we're just gonna if you haven't seen us on the Instagram yet, you will pretty quickly figure out our structure here. We are breaking it down as opposed to last year where we did it offense and defense and then some other stuff sprinkled in there. We're breaking it down even further. This year we're doing quarterback, then we're doing the playmakers, so running back, wide receiver, tight end, and the offensive line, then we're breaking down the front seven, then we're breaking down the secondary, and then we'll jump into talking about some coaching stuff. We've obviously got a new coaching hire in Jonathan Gannon here with the cards. Uh, and then we'll just talk kind of overall season stuff. You know, we'll spend some more time on different things than other things. It just kind of depends on the team. Uh, like, for example, we'll probably talk pretty in-depth about the quarterback situation here in Arizona. Uh, we'll talk pretty in-depth about the coaching thing. Uh, and then we'll maybe, like, I don't know, give, like, a season prediction, then we'll get on out of here. These are supposed to be quicker episodes. Might be a little bit longer today because I've got to do this. I have to do this big, long intro. Um but other than that, I mean, these aren't going to be hour-long podcast episodes. We're going to try and keep these in the 30 to 40-minute range, maybe even a little bit less than that. So to do that, we better get started. Let's jump into quarterback. Obviously, Kyler Murray is here, but we don't know when he's going to be playing for the Arizona Cardinals this year. He tore his ACL, believe, in week 14 of last season against the Patriots on Monday Night Football. Um, same backup situation in Colt McCoy. They also drafted Clayton Toon, I believe, in the fourth round. Uh, we don't know when we're going to see Kyler this year. There's been very little updates as far as he could be back by this week, and maybe we'll get that a little bit closer to training camp preseason time, um, figuring out when he might be back. Uh, we also don't know what the Cardinals' intentions are. This is a team that is in obviously sitting at 32 here they're in decent need of a rebuild of a high draft pick they got the houston texas draft pick which we'll definitely go into in a little bit uh but they could afford to lose a few games this year and get a high draft pick and reload a little bit and kyler murray is obviously going to help you win games um so what are your thoughts on first off let me just start how many games do you want kyler murray to play this year um, how many do I want him to play for the good of the team? That many. I want him to play zero games. Usually you see players take kind of like a year to get back going after that ACL tear. So just, you know, what what are we playing for this year? Like, Vegas has us, what, five, four and a half wins as our line? Like, oof. 
what are we playing for at that point? So hopefully he plays zero games and we get the highest possible draft pick that we can. Because, you know, when Kyler's playing, you're bound to win a couple, I guess, just out of pure quarterback play. But we will we'll see. There is still no clear timetable for his return. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting to see because we've seen guys come back from these kinds of injuries. I mean, I, the one that always comes to my mind when we're talking about this is Cam Akers. And I know it was an Achilles tear, but Cam Akers was back to playing. Now, he wasn't back to 100%, but he was on the field within six months in an Achilles tear. And Achilles tear is obviously severity uh, varies from player to player, from injury to injury. But Achilles generally is more severe than an ACL tear. And he was back in six months and Kyler's happened in what? early early january maybe late december i I imagine Mm -hmm. yeah late week 14 would have probably been in mid to late december last year and i mean the season starts nine months later so there is a world where kyler murray could potentially be at least in uniform with a helmet on in week one now would he be kyler murray in week one that we don't really know if you're arizona and you have a 230 million dollar commitment and you know i believe what 190 of it being guaranteed you don't really want to have 80 percent of kyler murray out there because while it's nice to see him play you don't want him out there getting hurt especially with all that commitment um and when you do have this incentive to maybe not be a competing team this year you don't want to go out and win six games because then you're picking at 10 and you're still kind of i I wouldn't this kyler murray is not does not put you in quarterback purgatory by any means but the rest of this roster, as we'll get to in a little bit, needs some severe boosting. And honestly, like especially with the Houston pick, you know, there is a world, uh, especially if you look at Super Bowl odds, there's a world where this Cardinals team picks one and two next year in a class with Caleb Williams and Marvin Harrison and, and like one of the best top of the draft draft classes in at least a few years. And they're gonna have some options. Uh, that we'll, we'll again, we'll get into it. I'm, I, I love talking about this conversation. I think we did a mock draft episode, but like before the draft, and I talked about mm-hmm. the whole Cardinals conundrum for probably like eight or ten minutes. And like we're like, all right, well, are we talking about this year's draft, next year's draft? And I just, I just jumped right yeah. into it. It's an interesting spot. I, yeah, it's it's going to be man. fun to see what they do for sure. Um, mm-hmm. But if it's no Kyler Murray, it's likely going to be Colt McCoy. Colt McCoy obviously doesn't offer you anything. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if it's were like week ten, week eleven, Cardinals are two and nine, let's say, for the sake of being kind. And they're like, okay, well, we're not bringing <laughs> Kyler back at this point. Throw Clayton Toon out there. It was a fourth round pick. I yeah, I don't expect a whole lot out of him, but we've seen it yeah. with Brock Purdy this past year. Brock Purdy now has trade value, even if. Like, let's say that the Niners wanted to go back to Jimmy G. Now they could trade Brock Purdy for, a, you know, maybe a legit asset. Definitely more than a seventh-round pick. I don't know if Clayton Toon comes and balls out or yeah. you're going to be able to get more than a fourth-round pick. Maybe we'll see. Maybe he is just a long-term backup and you want to find out if he can be that long-term backup for you. But regardless, Colt McCoy's only got so many years left of even playing in the NFL. Uh, and you, you need to know if you can have a backup for a guy who is smaller and as we've seen, is now going to be coming off a injury. Um, do you have any other thoughts on the quarterback situation with Kyler? Just generally, I know like we kind of covered a lot yeah. of it. Yeah, I guarantee you we probably see a little bit of Clayton Tune. Just because Colt McCoy is 
really, really old now. And he's, uh, he's probably going to get injured. And, you know, like we said, a shot, right? But um, the same thing with, like, Brock Purdy. He's in that 49ers system. They got that awesome defense, tons of weapons, great O-line. We have zero of that, literally none. So we're kind of throwing uh, Clayton Toon into the fire. Like, it'd be kind of like a Davis Mills situation where he's got nothing. Maybe he can make, like, some something happen. Who knows? But, you know, let's see what he's got by week 10 or whatever, or whenever Colt McCoy gets injured. Yeah. And, be cool. And if – Not much to hope for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you see on the uh, – like, obviously we're in, like, a – big box and there's a little box in the middle which is i'm not making 320 or however many different graphics just to make for the youtube video sorry sue me i don't get paid for this uh so we are recycling the youtube graphics and if you can see on the little right side you see where they come in the quarterback rankings are at 12 now this is a consensus among the four of us and this was probably the toughest one that we had to rank was this cardinal situation um simply because we don't know where kyler how many games kyler murray is going to play because if Kyler Murray plays zero games, this is 32, and it's an easy 32 in the league. If Kyler Murray does play, maybe they, maybe we're creeping a little bit more towards top 10. I think the fact that we have them at 12, a lot of us leaned to the idea that Kyler would at least play maybe half the season or something like that. But like I said, if Kyler does come out and play even like 12 to 14 games, I think you're getting a top 10 quarterback on a week-to-week basis. But if not... This is yeah. the worst quarterback room in the league. I don't know if there's really a whole lot of uh, argument there. I, I By far. can't imagine there's not a whole lot of argument from you. So we'll move on to, I don't even know if this would be more positive, just because they're technically ranked <laughs> lower, but it's less of a injury gloom conversation here with their playmakers. Yeah. And this is an okay group. It's uh, they, We have them at 24th, um, but... This would be a lot higher uh, if we did this a few weeks ago before DeAndre Hopkins was cut. That is obviously the big blow to this team is, aside from Kyler Murray's injury, is the fact that they're losing their superstar wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins. So now everybody moves up. Greg Dortch now moves to the three. Rondale Moore, you're going to be relying on him to be a reliable two for you. Hollywood's, uh, he thrived in that role um, early in the season without Hopkins, but now he is your solidified one without Kyler Murray, mind you. Um, and then you got Connor as well, and the two tight ends, and Ertz and McBride. I really contemplated putting McBride as a starting tight end because I do think maybe even by midseason he's got that job. What, what are your thoughts just on the playmakers yeah. in general? So, yeah, I mean, it's an okay group. Obviously, it hops a, a huge blow. Um, of course, they're all, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people have seen that meme. They're all like, Five eight, so I mean you don't really got that like uh, catch point guy. We do have uh, Michael Wilson out of um, I forget where we came out of, but Stanford I think. Yeah, Stanford, who's six two, so that makes him the tallest receiver on our roster, and he was round three pick. So I think we see here, but um, yeah, I mean they're all they're all really fast. They're all you know, okayish route runners. I was more of a gadget guy, of course, and then Hollywood's you know he's been that. Number one, if you want to call in Baltimore. So, I mean, you know, it's 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 okay. It's an all right group. The tight ends I really like, though. I don't know what's really going to happen with Ertz this year, coming off of his injury. But um, Trey McBride, I did I did like I did like it when he was in. But you know, obviously he wasn't going to boom because of 
Kyler's injuries and everything like that. But he had a few flashes of being a very pretty good tight end in the league. But yeah, weapons are okay. They are not anything special. And Hopkins is a very huge blow and a saddening one at that. But yeah. Yeah, it's. I like McBride too, and like I said, I wanted to put him uh, as a starter. I had him as the breakout candidate, and it did kind of suck that once he, I mean, mm-hmm. not saying that he was hoping Zach Ertz got injured, but once Zach Ertz got injured and he assumed that starting role, Kyler was already pretty much done for the season as well, so he didn't really yeah. get to form that chemistry. Uh, I am a big Mike, Michael Wilson believer. I will tell you, if you haven't done your Dynasty rookie drafts yet, go get Michael Wilson because it's a skill set that, quite frankly, those three guys don't have. Like you said, they're all small, fast guys. They don't have anybody that can go up yeah. and win the ball. Michael Wilson can do that. I don't know. You know, it's a third-round pick, so you'd really need to see something significant from Colt McCoy here to, you know, maybe maybe they draft another wide receiver next year. Obviously, if they're picking at one and two, Marvin Harrison Jr. could potentially be available for them, and then that becomes the one here in Arizona pretty quickly. Um, but I like yeah. Michael Wilson a lot. If you can get him, I don't know, third, fourth round of your dynasty rookie drafts, try and pick him up because he might, especially with them – this being kind of a throwaway year, he'll probably get more snaps than he would if they were really trying to go for it. Um, And again, diversifying skill sets, they've got a, he's a different kind of receiver than all the guys in front of him. I think that they might move Dorch back to being the backup slot Rondale to the slot. And then Michael Wilson up to being another perimeter wide receiver, as opposed to having Rondale play outside at five, seven. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. Honestly, like um, they just don't really compliment each other. They're all just like, gadget guys and you know holly was the only like actual receiver there but he still got his drop issues and everything but yeah they just don't really compliment each other so i would not be surprised if michael wilson pretty decent pickup there in dynasty michael wilson we are big michael wilson enthusiasts here between the two of us and then (laughs) we didn't really touch on the running game james connor is still here i think if they had oh, yeah. a, if they even had, if they drafted a third round or fourth round running back, I'd probably move this team up a couple spots in the rankings. But the fact that they've mm-hmm. got Connor there, who's had his injury problems in the past, and we even saw some regression from him last year. Like he wasn't bad last year, but he wasn't how he was uh, two years ago. And they didn't do anything to address <laughs> that. Uh, it's, I believe it's. Why am I blank? It's not Eno Benjamin anymore. It's literally right in front of me, but I can't see it because of Streamlabs not allowing me to read it. Um, but what, what are you the, the backup running back. Backup? Why am I blanking on his name? Is it Keontae Ingram? Oh. Corey Clement. Corey? No way. Mm-hmm. Hold on. It is Keontae. Yeah, we Ingram. lost. I, he, you know, we lost Eno and um. It is. It is Keontae Ingram. He might he might be further yeah. down the depth chart, but um, yeah, I think he's a little bit. Uh, just like that whole situation, I we might have to cut that out. I might leave it in. You know, you gotta you gotta take your lumps. We gotta show people that we're we're human on this on this <laughs> uh, YouTube video that we uh we're real people that make mistakes yeah. and we. Don't I got know. Keontae Ingram. At, he's third on the depth chart. Okay, backs and then Corey Clement second yeah so if james connor goes down this is effectively the worst <laughs> rushing attack in the nfl uh to go along with some other worst groups in the nfl it's rough here in arizona and i did want to have them higher just on the thought of like well if kyler does play 12 to 13 games they probably win five or six games and that's not something i can say about some of the other teams that we've got coming up but 
Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is there's so much uncertainty around that, and with that uncertainty, I'd rather uh, err on the side of caution and uh, put them a little bit lower than they should be, and hopefully they surprise me. All right, so moving on to the offensive line. Uh, they got Paris Johnson, number six. They traded down from three to 12, then back up from 12 to six to draft Paris Johnson, uh, the Ohio State tackle, who... Uh, I believe at least for the first year here is going to play guard, which he did play in college for, I believe, a year, maybe two years, uh, just because the Cardinals already have a start pair of starters at tackle in DJ Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham mm-hmm. uh, that they don't really want to sit down yet, and the Cardinals' guard depth is a little thin. And I honestly think that's part of the reason why they took Paris Johnson, was so they knew that, okay, we have our franchise tackle for the future, but right now we can play him at guard. Uh what are your thoughts on the Paris Johnson? Like, did you like the Paris Johnson pick? Were you a little disappointed in it? Oh, I love, I love the Paris Johnson pick. I mean, obviously like our pass protection and our run blocking has been pretty, pretty subpar just because our interior line is so bad. It's insane. Like, I mean, we got Will Hernandez who's like serviceable. Then we had Lectus Smith and then like Rodney Hudson, who was barely, he was like clearly checked out. Like there was like stuff he's going to retire, everything, and just you know. So that was always bad. So we needed we needed that franchise guy desperately. And Paris Johnson was like the best prospect for the for the line in that draft. Like I, I was super excited we got him, and the way we got him was really good. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, and we. Uh... With the day of the draft uh, coming up, there were starting to have rumors swirl that if the Cardinals couldn't find a trade partner to get out of three, uh, they would figure out a way to just pick Paris Johnson at three anyway, or if not, if not move around and get him. But they thought that they were going to take Paris Johnson at three if they couldn't find a way to get out. I was almost certain that they'd find a way to get out, and they did. Uh, they milked that clock all the way down to, I believe, like, 30 seconds and then got down to 12 yeah. uh, and you're not getting Paris Johnson at 12 especially with the Bears looming I uh, knew the Steelers were talking about trading up if he made it past like 8 or something like that um, so good on them to make that move let's uh, we'll, we'll wait we'll wait I, I just I want to talk, talk about, about that I want to talk about this so bad but okay. all in all Paris Johnson, I think, was a fantastic pick. I think he gives you some flexibility right now. I think he pans out to be your protector for Kyler Murray in the future, and that's ultimately what you're trying to do here if you're trying to really build around Kyler Murray or maybe someone else next year. Uh, But Paris Johnson, uh, he was my tackle one. He was my offensive lineman one. Uh, In my final mock draft, uh, the day of the draft, I had the Steelers moving up to get him. Ultimately didn't happen because the Cardinals did it, and I'm a little upset about it, but it's fine. We love Broderick. But regardless of the Paris Johnson draft pick that both of us did like, this room still ranks at 30. Uh, just not a whole lot to be excited about. DJ Humphreys and Kelvin Beecham are just two serviceable starters. Will Hernandez, serviceable starter. Froholt? I have no idea how to pronounce it. I don't know where Bill he Jolte. came from. I'd never even heard of him until the Cardinals signed him. Call me yeah. casual. Call me what I you know. will. Now, he does come from Cleveland, and Cleveland pumps out interior offensive linemen like nothing I've ever seen. So maybe you've got something here. But for right now, I'm going to lean on the side of he's probably not that great. And like I said, this, this group is going to rank 30th. And there's, there are 
places for optimism, but that place of optimism right now is left guard. That's pretty much it. So moving yeah, on, one guy. Yeah, moving on to the front seven. Oh man, this group ranks last. Unfortunately, um, <laughs> this is a rough unit. It is a very rough unit, uh, especially with the so amount bad. that has been invested. Obviously, um, they've lost a lot of guys in the last two years from this unit. Like I put in the write up for their uh, just team in general that this team has been picked apart in free agency. And this unit specifically has been picked apart in free agency. They have, over the last two years, Hassan Reddick, J.J. Watt, Zach Allen, all guys, at least Zach Allen and Reddick, were both developed in Arizona and ended up leaving in free agency. J.J. Watt comes in, but he is now retired, and now this group is just left with nothing. Uh, up the middle, they've got Literally nobody on the defensive line. Richard Lawrence, uh, Lecky Foto, yeah. Le- Leaky Foto. It's definitely not Leaky. Lecky Foto. Yeah, he's a. Uh, I think he's a. And back. then Jonathan Ledbetter. Also, this is just. It's not a good group. I like <laughs> B.J. Ojolari a lot. I have B.J. Ojolari as a first round player. Um, but has your edge one, brutal. Um, Cam Thomas, also another fine player. You don't really – I think he'd be much better as a three. And then the same thing with uh, – mm-hmm. oh, my God. I keep blanking on these names. I, I feel so bad about being – Yeah, same. I couldn't uh, remember his name. Yeah. Huh. I knew that was what it was. I don't know why I did that. But, mm-hmm. okay, if we're if we're looking for sense of optimism, it is these pair of linebackers. Uh, Z- Zayvon Collins started to develop a little bit towards the end of last year in year three. Mm-hmm. Um, or in year two, now heading into year three. Started to play a little bit better. And then Kaiser White coming over from Philly was uh, their linebacker along with TJ Edwards last year. And that was like the only signing that they made that really felt like, okay, this is them trying to improve the team. I like, I I don't even know why you're doing that at this point. Like I understand you've got a, there's a certain level of culture that you have to uphold, but I I guess Kaiser White's not impacting too many wins all, all around. Um, But BJ Ojolari was my breakout candidate. I liked him a lot. He gets to be your edge one. The only problem is he's got no help. He's, I mean, I'm not going to say he's going to be getting double teams, but he's going to, I'd say a lot of the focus is going to be on BJ Ojolari uh, this upcoming year because, like I said, there's nobody else that could generate pressure on this yeah. team, unfortunately. So, last rank group, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it, but God bless. If, if the team runs out. And, like, if the Cardinals play, well, they're going to play Christian McCaffrey twice. They're going to play Kenneth Walker twice. The yeah, teams with good rushing attacks are going really to fun. are going to beat the crap out of the Cardinals. Yeah. So, moving on to yeah, their secondary. Like yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on to their secondary. I didn't really know who I wanted to put as the face of this graphic because Buda Baker requested a trade earlier this offseason, so I don't really know if he's yeah. going to be out of here. I think he did, I he did show up to camp, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that... I don't think he was participating. I think he was just... There. <laughs> just watching. I couldn't... I don't know. Um, but he's here, right? As of right now, he's on the roster, so I figured I'd throw him up there. Uh, you've also got Isaiah Simmons now maybe finding his finding his place at slot corner. Uh, I was like, before I looked at the depth charts, I was like, Jesus Christ, I don't know. Am I going to have to like make like a special little box for Isaiah Simmons to go in the front seven and the secondary? But uh, it seems <laughs> like he's locked into slot corner, at least for the time being. 
hopefully yeah. this uh, defensive group can come in here and figure out a spot for him to stay at because that has been his problem is he's been they've been trying to move him around everywhere and they can't figure out where they want to put him and I think that that's what's stunning his development it reminded me a lot of Minka Fitzpatrick with Miami was they kept moving him back from safety to corner to slot corner and he just wanted to play safety and that's why I think I can't remember I feel like he definitely requested a trade from Miami but it was in like week three and then that's when the Steelers traded for him and you know got a guy I believe in year two or three um who was one of the best safeties in the NFL for a first round pick for a safety now doesn't look great but that was in the year where Jamal Adams got two first round picks um, and that's what I, I honestly wanted Pittsburgh to maybe take a shot on Isaiah Simmons, but seems like he might be here for a little bit. Um, <laughs> I guarantee you he'd be a pro bowler. Oh yeah. Just, oh yeah. Cause you defenders like nobody else in Pittsburgh. Insane. Yeah. But, He's just going to play the Terrell Edmonds role, but just like much better because yeah. Terrell Edmonds just doesn't faster, belong in the NFL. Stronger and taller. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the yeah. biggest problem uh, now that we've covered everything, because my, my candidate was of the biggest problem single position was going to be corner. Is that it for you? Or is it somewhere along the front seven? Um, is it the line? Yeah, it would definitely – it would – well, what, just position? The just like, problem is, just like, like position. By far. Mm, oh, just straight up position? The biggest problem spot. Um, it'd probably be somewhere on the line. But if I was – that's pretty boring. We already covered that. I would probably go corner then second because – because Marco Wilson was like he was all right last year. Like he's serviceable. He gets burnt sometimes, but I mean he doesn't. Uh, Antonio Hamilton also just kind of okay. But there's no one there that's gonna just you know <laughs> be good. Once I, again, and then it's, it's been a theme of no sense of know, optimism. Sim- Simmons is gonna be covering guys like really like half his size and just like. I don't know. He's definitely fast enough to keep up with them, but I mean, is he? You know, does he have the feel for that position? Um, he did at Clemson, but we have not really seen it at the NFL level yet. I haven't really seen him cover anybody at the NFL level yet, tight ends included. Like it's just, it was. It's been rough. It has been rough. But I have been an advocate, and I will continue to be an advocate. And this is probably the last year I will be an advocate because this is also his last year on his contract. So it's probably gone if he doesn't figure it out. This you year. being an advocate definitely has nothing to do with the college that he went to. Certainly, most certainly no, not. No, no, no. Definitely no. No, but, no, 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 no. And the the biggest like I thought the one of the biggest sleeper signings of this offseason was no one was talking about Byron Murphy. Like heading into free agency, no one seemed to yeah, he's, he, good. And he's like 24, 25 and he was hitting free agency yeah. and nobody cared and I think he only got like 11 million a year. I I couldn't believe that he got that low. I can believe that they let him go just because Clearly, again, heading into a rebuild here in Arizona. But this is our 30th ranked group. I'm trying to move along because I'm checking my time here, and we're we're approaching 30 minutes, and we've still got three slides to go. So, and the biggest conversation point that I want to talk about. Uh, so we're going to move on to coaching, <laughs> which, once again, tell me if you've heard this one before, is our last-placed group in uh, our rankings here, yes. our last-place coaching uh, unit headed by new head coach Jonathan Gannon coming over from Philly as the defensive coordinator did obviously a fantastic job with their defense last year I believe was the number one or number two defense in the NFL by the end of the season led them to a Super Bowl Uh, we saw that Philadelphia staff get picked apart as he's as Gannon is now a head coach in Arizona and Shane Steichen their offensive coordinator now a head coach in Indy but he's going to be bringing over a guy who he brought 
from Philly uh, in Nick Rallis, who is a quality control guy uh, in Minnesota prior to being with Philly. And I don't want to sit here and be very shallow with the old pew, pew, pew joke. But that was hilarious. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. That was hilarious. And it just, that as soon so as funny. I saw that and just like something about his face, I'm just like, yeah. It worries me. Weird guy. Yeah. Now, I, I think. I think in video, probably the first thing that pops up. Yeah. The culture, yeah. I think, is shifting yeah. here because I like Austin Fort. I like what he did uh, this past draft. I think he is oh, yeah. a very smart guy. That's all. And I think Gannon can be somewhat of a culture guy in a very weird way. Um, Obviously, is a great defensive yeah. mind, um, but just overall, just based off the fact that it's a lot of newness, um, Drew mm-hmm. Petzing also is not like a pristine offensive coordinator. He's also moving up from being a uh, like an assistant coach role uh, to now being the offensive coordinator here. It's not like you had coordinators in place. They cleaned house pretty much as effectively from top to bottom, GM down to the coaching staff. Uh, so it's a lot of newness here. You're resetting the culture without your franchise quarterback, and I just don't know how much buy-in you're going to get from these guys in year one with this coaching staff. Unless, you know, like I said, unless Gannon is a crazy culture guy that I just I don't know about. All right, moving on to schedule. I know. Yeah, just he's just gonna he's just gonna <laughs> joke it up, and uh, he's gonna joke his way to four wins <laughs> it's next be year. Awesome. Most fun locker room in the uh, seventeen, but boy, they're having yeah. fun. So we'll jump into this analysis real quick of just their season in general. I guess we could probably just wrap it up here. So currently the over-under for them is at four and a half wins. Uh, just do you think they go over-under on that before we have a conversation? About um, okay, if Kyler does not play, I think we go under. If Kyler does play, we probably go over so well, you can't uh, have that. If, you had, really, if you're placing a bet right now yeah, you don't know that what do you what is play, your okay I, i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'm gonna go i don't want to do it but i want to go i'm probably gonna go over and get like what is it four and a half you said or three and a half four and a half so they got to get the five yeah uh yeah i'll go over just just think you got to play the rams twice you got to play the rams twice too i gotta like at least yeah rams suck i think you yeah. i think you worse split that just because of how bad the Rams roster yeah. is. I, you know, I got to, at some point this season, I got to be like, hey, we might win this game. Yeah. You know, and I'm sitting here. That's the, the one thing that scares me away is they do have the 11th hardest strength of schedule. They play the NFC East this year, which is a very good division. They also play the AFC North this year, which is a very good division. Um, they play the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Maybe you want to take a flight back. Maybe come see a little, come see a little ball. When's that it? Week What's 13, that? so that would probably be in, like, middle December, maybe finals week. But <laughs> maybe. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'll take a break. <laughs> yeah, just, just leave there in finals week, man. But um, just I'm going to kind of summarize what I put here for their analysis, and it was just the craziness of the fact that two years ago they started the season 7-0. and uh, Ultimately flamed out, resulted in a wild card appearance, but – Two years ago, they started seven and zero, and now we're here. They're last. They're our last place team because mm-hmm. they got picked apart in free agency. They're lose. They lost DeAndre Hopkins, and their quarterbacks hurt. And it's just like that quickly. Yeah, That's how quickly it can turn in the NFL. You can turn from you know midway through a season being the best team in the NFL to a year and a half from then 
you're now the worst team and you're looking yeah. next year. But we talked about it a little bit when we talked about the O-line. The Paris Johnson trade back and then trade back up, but they traded back with Houston. Yeah. Houston comes Analysis. up to get Will Anderson. Yeah. Now they have mm-hmm. two first-round picks next year. One of them belongs to the Houston Texans. Now the Houston Texans, spoiler, are going to be coming up fairly soon in our power rankings. Uh, uh, there were mock drafts done based on Super Bowl odds because when you do these way too early mock drafts, you do them on Super Bowl odds. The Cardinals have picks one and two. There's a world where they can get Marvin Harrison and maybe they take Caleb Williams too. Now, if they're picking at one next year, Caleb Williams on the board. Caleb Williams was everything that we thought he'd be. It wasn't like a Spencer Rattler situation where he's you know supposed to be the number one pick and then he's benched midseason. He's everything and more. We he's the consensus number one pick to whoever team, whatever team has it. Do you want the Cardinals to take Caleb Williams or do you want them to trade back, get assets and ride it out with Kyler Murray? Yeah, so talked about this. You brought it up to me a month ago or something like that and I was like no 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 we gotta keep Kyler I like Kyler but I've given this some thought and if we're at one and we're sitting there and he's right there I am going to take Caleb Williams and then just you know trade Kyler because yeah. we're paying him 46 million a year we don't know how he's going to be coming off that ACL tear if he doesn't play this season I mean if he shows something this then maybe yeah but at the same time, like Caleb Williams is that guy. He is insanely good at almost everything. You know, mechanics are a little bit shaky sometimes, but his arm power and his uh, his athleticism really kind of overshadows that. And you know, he's, he's a little bit taller than Kyler, so maybe we won't have to get old linemen that are like six two yeah. anymore. That'd be fun. But um, yeah, I think I'm definitely taking Caleb Williams. It's a, it's going to be a very tough conversation. It's the same conversation that Chicago had this year. And mm-hmm. while it's the same, it's a little different because we've seen Kyler Murray play at a near MVP level, lead this team to, you know, a 7 yeah, start, lead this team to the playoffs. We they were having this conversation with the Bears and Justin Fields led them to a 3 and 14 record. Led led them. He led them to the number 1 pick. It's not like Colt McCoy's coming in here getting them to the number 1 pick. And you know, maybe there yeah. is a world in which yeah. the Texans are picking number 1 and you've got the Texans picking number 1, but regardless of that, I honestly think that Kyler Murray coming back hurts Kyler Murray more than it helps Kyler Murray because if he comes back and is is, mm-hmm. is himself, that conversation's still going to be had and they're still going to be thinking about it. If Kyler Murray comes back and it's not great and he shows some limitations or maybe even re-aggravates the injury yeah. or re-injures himself, that decision is made so much easier for Arizona. It's like, well, we got to move him. Now, you're not going to get the same yeah. assets as if he plays well because if he plays well, I think teams are still going to be like, ah, oh, but he had that injury and he's a smaller guy. But we've seen uh, – I know with the we didn't have any big quarterback trades this offseason, but we saw Watson, Russell Wilson. You're probably still getting back two first-round picks for Kyler Murray – and that's, yeah. you know, you, you might even, there's a world where you get the same package back for trading the number one pick versus trading Kyler Murray. And if that is the case, you're, it, it, the decision's easy for me. And it's Caleb Williams because Caleb Williams could walk into the NFL and maybe even be like a top 20 to 16 guy as soon as he puts a helmet on and then just progress from there. And you've got him on the rookie deal for however long you're getting, you're freeing up so much cap by trading Kyler Murray away. Well, depending on what yeah. their, what the contract situation is. Um, and then you can fill this roster out with the money, but 
and the picks, I, I feel like it's a really hard conversation they're going to have uh, this upcoming season. Yeah. But it's going to be very interesting, and I think the Cardinals – go ahead. My will be taking Caleb at one because then we trade Kyler, we get off that contract, saves us what? Another $45 million next year, and then we – we released D-Hop, and he had a – we're saving – we're eating his cap this year. I think we're eating about $22 million this year. But next year, I think we save about $24 million, mm-hmm. And he's got the fifth highest cap hit in the NFL. So, I mean – And, again, that, that's fine. Houston's pick, <laughs> yeah. which, you know, Houston's pick could be number one, yeah. but it could so also be – so much money. It could also be number two. You so could pair hits. Caleb and Marvin Harrison yeah. together for the next five years on oh rookie God, deals. Like, there's a world where that happens, and that, that you you feel so much better about this team. Now, I think Monty Austinfort, yeah, like, that moved him up in the GM power rankings. If we had a section for that, it moves him up, like, 15 spots. Being able to pull that off, yeah, getting dude, Houston's I pick, it's not like you're getting the pick of, like, Minnesota or something like that where it's a middling team. The Texans could be the worst team in the NFL this year. So, yeah, very and exciting. I hope, I hope they are. Sorry, yeah. Texans fans. I mean, if any of you watching this, I rooting for your downfall you gotta you gotta look out for yourself at some point and that's what the cardinals are doing but that i mean that was just a ultimate haul of a deal for them to get so just to recap here obviously this is the first video the cardinals are 32nd um the offense ranked at 20th again that was our probably going to be our toughest ranking to make because of the fact that there's so many moving parts and if kyler plays versus if kyler doesn't play and how many games does he play to be able to rank this offense. Um, and then the defense does rank 31st, uh, mostly hinting at the uh, the front seven and in the secondary. Um, it's so they sad. don't really it's get... so sad to look at that. Even with a defensive-minded head coach, they don't even get a bump for like defensive coaching for that just because we don't know what Gannon's going to yep. bring. Uh, to this team yeah. as far as coaching goes like they didn't like usually we use coaching as a tiebreaker in those kinds of situations but we don't know what's going to happen there um, and then we listed the championship window as two to three years away now even if they go with the Caleb route and they do that I still think it's two years two to three years away because you got to play out his rookie year and by then that's two years away from being maybe a championship team but if it's Kyler, I feel like it might be prolonged now because now you've got to really draft well over the next few years to be able to build this team around Kyler. Yeah. Now, the good thing is, outside of the Booter Baker deal that could be impending, um, you've got no contracts on this roster. Like, there's there's nobody. I mean, Hollywood is getting paid, right? He's got a deal, I think right? so, yeah. If not, he's, he's getting he's, one he's, this upcoming then, year. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's... Up for He's a due new, for one. new deal. And you guys might be able to get him here, yeah. at a value because you are like, he's not going to have a whole lot of leg to stand on unless he balls out this year with Colt McCoy. And if he does, then you're going to overvalue him. But yeah, it, this is going to be a very, I know it's like easy to say, well, if Kyler's not playing this season, it's a throwaway. But I think there's going to be a lot of questions answered this year. And most of the questions are going to be answered after this year. But I think regardless of what happens this year, unless they come out and win like seven or eight games, the future's bright for Arizona. Like, I think there's almost no way that we're looking at this team next year and saying, yeah, this is still the 32nd ranked team in the NFL. Just because, at worst, they're going to have two top 10 picks. Like, even if the Cardinals win yeah. some fluke games and Houston wins some fluke games, they're 
neither team's making the playoffs. I'll tell you that right now. So they're gonna they're gonna have two top ten picks, and they'll be able to improve the team that way. And plus, you add back a franchise quarterback in Kyler Murray. So, whew, Cardinals uh, number thirty two. We're gonna get on out of here, Lake. Thank you so much for joining me, my friend. Do you have any final thoughts to say? Um, I'm excited for this year's off season. This, <laughs> this coming year's off season. One more year, that baby. One more year. <laughs> One more year. Then I can start rooting for the Cardinals again. Oh, that'll be last. Fun. Last Thank you for thoughts. Me. Yeah, last thoughts. One more thing. From yeah. zero to ten, the new Cardinals jerseys. What do you give them? Zero to ten. Zero out of or from one to ten. Like a, like a two. Oh man, a two. <laughs> I didn't I didn't like them either, and it was so weird. Uh, we were literally just about to end. They're pretty butt. We were just about to end the podcast, and I'm about to start again. Um, but yeah, I necessary. saw like because like on I saw some Instagram like concepts of like what they were gonna do, and all of them looked like that. Like all of them were like yeah. a number and the name across the front, and that was it. And I was just like, why would they want to do that? And then they did it. And I, I was so I was extremely disappointed in it because I did like the Cardinals jerseys. Wow. <laughs> I think they did need a bit of a rebrand, but not that. I feel like it's a step backwards, and now you can't rebrand from that for the next five years. Definitely maybe it step looks backwards. maybe it looks cooler when Caleb Williams is wearing it. Who knows? But Who knows? Yeah. I liked a lot of the like uh, the Mexican flag designs and stuff like that, and little concepts for that. That was really cool, but I knew we were never gonna do that. So I'm, you know, the solid red, solid white, and solid black is what we got. So, hooray! Once again, Lake, thank you for coming on. Our next uh, post will be up on Instagram probably tomorrow, which is Wednesday, if not Thursday, and then the YouTube video should be soon after. It'll probably be me and Kane, just because don't know a whole lot of Rams fans, and by a whole lot of, I mean I know zero of them, but. Yeah, next one will be up sometime this week. Thank you guys for watching. Be sure to like, subscribe, the whole uh, YouTube outro thing. Have a good one.